This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. We're just two best friends and ex-blockbuster and ex-blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies of the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we're taking the ultimate vacay with Angela Bassett with how Stella got her groove back. Uh, Stella, aka Angela. <sighs> A feast for the eyes. I tell um, you that. You can't see my finger, but these arms, these arms. <laughs> <laughs> these are <laughs> if you were wondering how you could support our podcast you can head over to patreon.com slash no more late fees and sign up to be a patreon bestie you'll receive exclusive content stickers ask me anything polls bonus videos live spotify playlists and more so come join us over on patreon and side note Heather always giving me suggestions. She said, now that our video is more widely available, I should let everyone know that I yawn because I have narcolepsy, not because I'm disinterested in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I yawn. (laughs) The type of narcolepsy I have is the narcolepsy without cataplexy. And um, narcolepsy in movies is highly dramatized. <laughs> Essentially, I'm just sleepy all the time. And if I laid down, like I, I could get up from my chair right now, lay down on the floor and fall asleep within like three to five minutes. Cataplexy is when you lose muscle control and it's usually brought on by strong emotions. And so that's typically what you see stereotypically portrayed in movies is like someone um, Deuce Bigelow comes to mind yeah. where like she just like falls asleep in the middle of dinner. I don't have that kind. Narcolepsy is most closely associated with cataplexy. I just happen to not have that. So yeah, there's my PSA. I'm just sleepy all the time and I yawn a lot. My girl likes to nap all the time, nap all the time, nap all the time. <laughs> I have a theme song. And I don't know why I'm singing a lot today. <laughs> I apologize because I do not have a good singing. <laughs> You've got the rhythm in you today. <laughs> Danielle, what is this movie about? <laughs> so I think in the 90s, this movie was about love in unexpected places. And career-driven women not letting anything stop them they can too get a may-december relationship going now in 2022 looking back this was a precursor to 90 day fiance (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I know I have like this write up of what the movie description is, but I think that is going to really put our viewers in the in the right frame of mind, especially when we really start to dive into truth is funnier than fiction when it comes to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so How Stella Got Her Groove Back is a 1998 American romantic comedy drama adapted from Terry McMillan's best-selling 1996 novel of the same title. Hard Worker and Breadwinner, which I changed because the internet said unlucky in love. Didn't like that description. Fuck the internet. (laughs) So I changed it. Hard Worker and Breadwinner, Stella, played by Angela Bassett, jets to Jamaica with her gal pal Delilah, played by Whoopi Goldberg, for some fun in the sun. There, the 40-year-old working mom has an island fling with Winston, played by Tay Diggs, a handsome 20-something. The movie stars Angela Bassett, Tay Diggs, Regina King, Suzanne Douglas, Leighton Great, R.I.P., and Whoopi Goldberg. It was written by Terry McMillan and Ron Bass and directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan. You can watch this movie on Hulu. But before we get started, let's get into our ratings rewind. Before we get into our ratings rewind, let's go back to Unlucky in Love. She wasn't looking for love. It wasn't something that she was missing. Look at Jackie coming in hot. I got her all started. (laughs) (laughs) She did not. She was not looking for a man. Her friends were trying to find a man for her, but she didn't need it. She had an ex-husband and she had a son who was very respectful and loving to her. Like, she didn't need anyone. She happened to find someone, but she didn't need it. Right. Fuck the internet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating or we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would plan repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Ah, uh, okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental. <sighs> Straight up trash. Just throw that shit back in the ocean because we don't recycle around here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please recycle. Be an environmental upstander. Thank you. So, Danielle, what's your Y2K rating? okay from what I remember because I just remember this being like a a phenomenon but especially in the black community and I remember parts of the movie but it wasn't one of those movies that I watched a lot so I remember it just being great so it's a five-day rental y2k Danielle you I've never seen this movie it's all right I'm learning and growing as a person. <laughs> no one's judging you. Not Broadening me. my horizons. I, I I just think why I gave it a five star in like in my head. I remember this more of a friendship movie in my head, like beaches, something <laughs> to that extent. And I think when I was younger and I watched this movie, all I could it do was imprint my mother and her best friend, my Aunt Palma, who's mm-hmm. a Patreon. We, we love her. Um, because they would go on trips 
and leave me behind. I, I know. <laughs> leave me all alone. I was with like Nana or my dad or whoever. But so when I saw this movie, this was just like confirmation. So this is what they do out in these streets. <laughs> Christine's finding herself a Tay Diggs. <laughs> So I think that's the kind of the emotional attachment I have to the movie is that it just, I I really thought about the friendship aspect and and then I thought of my mom and my godmother. So it's not that far from that after rewatching. So let's get into, you know, how much this made, how it did. It came out in 98. The budget was $20 million. It made $39.2 million. And... So the way that this movie even came about was, so Terry McMillan is a a very super popular writer, especially in the Black community. And the Waiting to Exhale movie was based on one of her books. And we all know that did really, really well. So they pretty much greenlit this. They threw money at this pretty quickly. And it was only like two years after her book came out. So it grossed $11 million in the first three days. And it was number two in the the domestic box office behind Saving Private Ryan. And as I said, the movie is based on a book by Terry McMillan, but it's also kind of autobiography. It's also based on her life. I tried to say a big word, didn't work. Apparently she too married a man she met on a Jamaican trip named Jonathan Plummer in 98. She was in her late 40s. He was in his early 20s, but things didn't go so well. It took a turn. It took a turn. It took a turn. In December of 2004, Plummer told McMillan that he was gay. And in 2005, she filed for divorce. And what it what she believes is true or what is the narrative is that he only married her so he could leave Jamaica and gain American citizenship. And when this happened so you have to understand it was like a huge deal about the book it was a huge deal about the movie and there were so many outlets talking about terry mcmillan and her real life how stella got her group back kind of situation they were on oprah i think that's where i should like give you an idea of where how big this got they were on oprah terry mcmillan was saying how much she was in love and I feel like this situation happening was one of those situations that opened the floodgates of conversations, especially among Black females in the Black community talking about men on the down low. Mm-hmm. So when all of this happened, Terry McMillan did not just like kind of pull back and just say, okay, it is what it is. She was pissed. And she was vocal about being pissed. And the two of them were having different conversations in the media. It was messy. It was real messy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was really messy. At some point during watching this movie, I called my mom because I had a question and we'll get into that later. But I remember telling her I was going to do this movie and rewatch it. And she was just like, yeah, no, it's a no for me. And I, I don't know why I just automatically thought this was a movie that she she watched and she liked. I, I don't know. But she said, after knowing what happened and how bad everything ended up, she can't get down with the movie. 
And there's some other things, but we'll get into that when I say why I called her. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it, Jackie. That's it in a nutshell. How Stella got her group back and the messiness. It's so messy. Girl, it's so messy. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. I think the I think the real life situation was even more interesting than the, the movie ended up being. Yeah, I kind of like to see it remade, but like now just really based on her life story, the revised version. <laughs> and I feel like TLC and all these places need to run her a check because before that, I think everyone kind of collectively knew that there were scammers or situations going to certain countries, American women or men being targets for other people to come to this country. Not all the time, but, you know, it, but it wasn't in our face like it is now when we're watching 90 Day Fiance and all that other stuff. Yeah. And this was a precursor to that. Well, <laughs> the movie starts out Stella likes to run. She looks good doing it, girl. (laughs) Did I mention the arms? I'm just going to keep talking about these arms. Interesting. Interestingly enough, I don't know if our listeners know, but Angela Bassett is very much known for her arms, particularly because of her playing Tina Turner and what's love got to do with it and just getting absolutely jacked for that movie. She has a quote in in, uh, one of her little factoids that she said that she had to like get her body in shape. I was like, bitch, who are you lying to? You, your body was already pretty Jack. What what did you have to do, Angela? What did you have to do? Yeah, that was in reference to while she was shooting this movie, she was planning her wedding to Courtney B. Vance and production kept being pushed back. It, it, allowed her to get uh, in shape for the movie, but it also prevented her from being able to set a definitive date for the wedding. And she was, she and Courtney were determined to get married in the fall of 97. And so they set a firm date, October 17th, and she had been filming for about a month and then they had to go on hiatus so that she could go get married. But I love that. And I love that they're still together. Knock on wood. Me too. This movie did not tarnish their love. I just want to say we're we're not going to be able to do what's love got to do with it because it's past our time frame. But the way the Oscars didn't give that woman a goddamn Oscar, I, I just don't understand how she's walking the earth without one of those damn gold statues. She is the best. the best and she she looks exactly the same black don't crack baby oh she's gorgeous okay anyway i'm a fangirling over angela we'll get back to that later so she is in charge of i want to say money market accounts i just said she she was running shit (laughs) she had very much boss babe energy at her work you come to find out that she's kind of she's created kind of a role for herself within her company she brings in a ton of money for them apparently victor garber has like this tiny little role where he's her boss and he's very concerned he blew off peg that never comes about again but in the moment he's like i need your help and she's like I, I he just 
automatically I was I was I was suspicious of his character because Mm -hmm. the way he was looking at her was with pure jealousy. And I Mm -hmm. think that was within reason, like on purpose. Yeah. Which sucks because I hate to hate Victor Garber. I love him so much. Truly. I love him. I love him so much. And I love that him and Jennifer Garner are still close to this day because they were on alias and I had to throw this little factoid in, which is the fact that Angela Bassett too was on alias along with Victor Garber and Carl Lumbly, who we see later on in the movie. So shout out to alias fans. I know you're out there. So now we're at the spa. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're at the spa and we're introduced to Stella's two sisters who are vastly different than Stella herself and from each other. You've got Regina King who plays her younger sister and she's the stereotypical younger sister, doesn't have money depending on money, but she's also, it seems to be that she's the buffer between her middle sister and and Stella. So yes. And, way, and she, she oh, it was bad. It was so um, bad. <laughs> and, and like her, like there are people in the world that like move their bodies like she does in the movie. But Ken was like, why does she like how, why is she leaning so far to the side? And I was like, I don't know, maybe because that lopsided wig. <laughs> know in in 98 were people saying no to that wig I don't know if it's as bad as a Tyler Perry movie wig but it's it looks like a reject from BAPS oh man that's low deck (laughs) it was a bad wig (laughs) so yeah Regina King's wearing a bad wig she's the youngest and then we have Suzanne Angela. No, uh, <laughs> Suzanne like, Douglas. Suzanne oh, okay. Douglas, the actress Suzanne Douglas, who plays the middle sister. I'm trying to see. Oh, you're right. Sorry, you said Angela, so I thought of Angela Bassett. No, the sister the sisters' names are Vanessa, I think is Regina King, and then Angela is, is Suzanne Douglas. Yeah. yeah. And she is Sididi and pregnant and thinks she's better, which I mean is just Sididi and Sididi please to be explaining (laughs) (laughs) Sididi is just like bougie uppity Mm. thinks they're better than other people she is all those things yeah and then she does a weird fucking thing where she like pretends like she has contractions when she gets overexcited (laughs) like what are you even doing she's being extra (laughs) there yeah so we start to we see their dynamic pretty quickly and they're just having a good time at the spa I'm surprised that some white lady in the spa didn't come about saying shh because you know that shit always happens she joined in the fun and then they're like we don't even know you (laughs) (laughs) she just wanted to be included which I enjoyed that we didn't have to deal with the microaggression in this movie. Yes. Just very aggressions so. from family, which is like yes. a whole nother thing. And 
so they're at the spot and you just get a lot of exposition about how their dynamic plays out and how they all think Stella needs a man. You know, my opinion <laughs> on if Stella needs a man or not. But she's like, fuck y'all. Like, I'm successful. I have a son. Like, I'm good. Yeah. She lives in a gorgeous house. Yeah. Somewhere in Marin County, which is san francisco area like that oh, house so you knew where they were i had i was like i don't know what state they're in or Danielle. anything i didn't know was they there shook, they shut the golden gate bridge bitch i didn't see that <laughs> it's bright orange i didn't see that scene. <laughs> i don't know maybe i looked down for a second how long was the scene it was just a very quick establishing okay, shot i blinked i missed it <laughs> So yes, she lives up in the hills, in the San Francisco hills, essentially, right across the bridge. So she's got money. money. And so the next scene is her dropping her son Quincy off at the airport to go visit his dad for two weeks. So she's free for two weeks. And my one note about this was when you used to be able to walk people all the way to the gate. Yep. Well, my thought was, oh, this reminds me of back in the day, because my mom <laughs> used to send me either from New York to Florida or from Florida to New York. And I was like, I remember these days. And I like how she was like, she was going to clean his room. I was like, That's, yeah. that seems like something my mom would say as well. <laughs> and he was such a gentleman. Like he took the little Sturtis's arm. Like it was just precious. Yeah. I liked later on when um, she's talking about Quincy being going to be with his dad that he's like, sh- she was saying, oh, he's going to go watch his dad as if. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which his dad is Dr. Weber from Grey's Anatomy. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Shayla, my Grey's Anatomy twin. We- I was like, hold on. Hold on. Is that Dr. Weber? And it was. It was. So now she's home alone. Uh, She's kind of, you could tell she's a little lonely. She's trying to keep herself busy. She's in that greenhouse that has nothing in it. Well, I thought, yeah, she's, was it the greenhouse? I don't know. It was the greenhouse. But I, I, one thing that we did miss was that her sister, Angela, told her, that she there was like a friend of her husband's or something a golf buddy or something like that that she was going to try to hook her sister up and oh she's yeah gonna have call her so just want to leave that up because ring ring <laughs> well first <laughs> so she's watching tv yeah so she has tv on in the background she's like getting ready to exercise or tidying up her room or doing something in her bedroom she has the tv on the in the background he calls he has a weird name judge his name is Judge. I just thought he was a judge. And I was like, why is he talking about his profession this way? It's so weird. <laughs> I think his name was Judge. Oh, that's an odd name. Anyway, so on the TV behind her is a commercial for J- Jamaica. Jamaica. Like, it's a very, like, sandals, like, <laughs> come and join us in Jamaica. Well, yeah, the first scene is this guy jumping off of this cliff and I don't that scares the shit out of me so I was like I hope he's alive but then she judge is calling her 
she's talking to him on the phone and kind of she's being polite but really like she she's not interested I feel like she's having an aneurysm during this this part because the commercial is talking to her that was Ken's almost Ken's exact reaction he literally turned to me and said is she high like the commercial's talking to her she's talking back to the commercial judge thinks she's talking to him like it's a very very odd scene yeah and she like says that she's easy like there's I I thought she was drinking wine I don't know it was it was a very odd scene judge got the time of his life (laughs) and he offered to go running with her and then afterwards she just like hangs up with him and calls her bestie and says hey we need to book a trip we need to Mm -hmm. go to Jamaica let's do this but I also love that she's such a control freak that two seconds later she called back and says ignore my first message yeah (laughs) and Delilah's like no ma'am right when she calls back we're going yep Delilah lives in New York so they're on opposite sides of the country and Delilah kind of gives her a pep talk like well at first she tells her tells her don't be cheap but second, she tells her, like, you're worth it. You make a ton of money. Like, y- yeah. your son's with his dad. Like, why not? Let's just go. And they do. And they do. They get those plane tickets. They head on to Jamaica. And I, you know what I love about her best friend is she, she's already looked at the scene, figured out what's going on, and she secured two men's for them already. So we jumped over one of the most random scenes but I really really loved it so Delilah is a a window dresser for Calvin Klein oh (laughs) and so she's dressing these mannequin in underwear and apparently the mannequin penis bump is not sufficient (laughs) so she starts like shoving scarves down the front of the mannequin's underwear and then she like yells to her assistant we're gonna need more penis material I love it it's just funny how she just goes and gets it she doesn't even look weird like she's totally used to this behavior she went to Jamaica um Delilah is there to be a big old hostlet which are her words not mine and Delilah is played by Whippy Goldberg which best casting choice ever oh amazing they meet up well who she's secured for them they're they're men of the weekend it are rich played Jack, who's played by Richard Lawson, aka Tina Knowles' husband, aka Beyonce's stepdaddy, aka Bianca Lawson's daddy. If you didn't know, and then also Buddy, who's played by Barry Shabaka Henley. Which it's funny because he's definitely one of those character actors. If you see him, you'll know who he is. But mm-hmm. if you hear his name, you don't. So yeah. look him up. You'll know who exactly who we're talking about. And they do a lot of like this, like <laughs> a lot lots of, of pointing. a lot of pointing and like <laughs> from where they're sitting and, and Delilah's like wave to him. And it was like, I don't want to wave to them. I don't want any part of this. And, and Delilah's like up talking them and stuff. And then comes one of my favorite lines where they're walking down to the pool and she says, don't scare the white people. I, I also love the fact that they're ex-football players. Mm-hmm. And I think Richard Lawson's character, Jack, has gold teeth in one of the scenes. And I'm just like, oh, 
classic and they have their like huge gold rings. It's very nineties. Yes. Football player nineties situation that I'm like, Oh, they just got this. So right. So yep. So it's the next day and Stella starts every morning with a run on the beach, which is my background. And Delilah's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Stella's (laughs) Stella's warming up and Delilah's like half-heartedly like stretching and stuff. (laughs) And then she runs about 10 feet and is like, I'm going to get breakfast. (laughs) If so, I have a friend named Maru. If you, Jackie, have you ever been like, curious about what our friendship is it's this scene it's Maru saying let's go work out and me saying okay and then me trying to escape I think my friend Carly does the same thing we both try to run away because she's very health conscious but she's a good friend to have she keeps you keeps you going but Whoopi wasn't having it no she's like I'm gonna go get some pancakes and some bacon I'll see you later So Stella has her little run on the beach. And then because Delilah has already eaten and I guess is hanging out with Buddy and Jack, Stella's eating by herself at the restaurant. And she happens to catch the eye of Winston Shakespeare played by Tay Diggs. Why (laughs) did they name him that? I I don't know. Okay. Was good with the movie. Until this point, this is the point that I picked up my phone to call my mother. And if I haven't mentioned this on the podcast previously, my family is Jamaican. And Tay Diggs is not in any way. And that Um, accent? I wrote that accent. Is who horrific. That's what made me call my mom. And my mom (laughs) was like, no. You're not wrong. <laughs> that is bad. And she was also just saying, like, there are so many, what you could call a Jamaican or J- even a Jamaican act- actor who's got the, you know, could do the dialect in American and mm-hmm. Jamaican that they could have picked from. Yeah. And they still went this way. And it also irritates me because then when we meet his parents later on, his dad is a very well-known actor and he too is not Jamaican from what I could tell. So I'm just like, why, why did we do this? Why, 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 why? How damn handsome he is. It, it, yeah, that's fine. But like, don't make him Jamaican then. Just, <laughs> just I don't know. It was, it does not translate well. Because I think one of the characteristics of kind of falling in love that quickly is an accent, right? Like the hot bod and the accent Mm -hmm. is a deadly combination, but not that. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I love Tay Diggs, but my God. Mm. And I think my brain just said, we're not going to sleep. We're not going to remember this. And talking about age differences tape Diggs was 27 and angela bassett was right around 40 when they shot this he plays 20 year old winston shakespeare and it just so happens angela bassett was 13 years older than tay Diggs, and then tay Diggs was 13 years older than the actor who played quincy michael j pagan so 
who's placed on the sun. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. First of all, <laughs> when they said she was 40 in the movie, I had to pause. And then, you know, that <laughs> GIF where the numbers are just like <laughs> around your head. I was having that math moment because I was like, no, Angela wasn't 40 then. Because if she was 40 then, how'd you do this to carry the one? That would make this bitch damn near 70. Wait, that's not right. So then I just realized I did all that fake math in my head when I could have just Googled it. Yeah, Angela Bassett is 63. 60, yeah. 63. Right around. I mean. But I think when I was younger, I thought 40 was really old. Mm -hmm. And as we both are getting close to the edge of of getting there, I, I... I don't feel that I don't feel old. And this movie very much cements that it's almost like life is fucking over or something. The yeah. way that we looked in the scope of women being 40 in 98, I feel like we've come a long way because I don't think people look at it in the same way. So yes, uh, uh, she catches Winston's eye. He's like, hey, how's it going? Would you like some company? And at first she's like, boy. She's like fucking talking to herself, having a full-on conversation in her yeah. head. And sometimes that shit is slipping out of her mouth, which I Ten. find very hilarious. The reason that in this scene this happened because they really wanted the viewer to think know what was happening in her brain. And I mm-hmm. I think they didn't want to give her give the movie a full narration. But I think in this scene, because so many complexities were happening, it wasn't just like a guy meeting a girl. It was a girl meeting a very young guy and not really understanding what was happening and why he was talking to her. So I I understand that. It just was executed poorly. Yeah. Like she could have literally just sat there like staring and like the little her voice, but like, you know, what's in her head because she's not saying anything. Instead, she just... (laughs) <laughs> Looks like a person who d- forgot to take their meds that day. I also think too that when you live alone or you're like the only adult in your situation for a long time, you do become quite comfortable with yourself. I have moments myself where I am literally talking to myself and answering myself because bitch, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Jackie doesn't answer the phone. (laughs) We need to get you a pet. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually she says, yeah, you can come sit over here. She immediately. You can't sit with us. We were pink on Wednesdays. (laughs) She immediately asked him if he's a rapper. Yeah, like. Was he giving off rapper vibes? It just felt like that's a stereotypical something that a white person would say to you. But for her to say that to him was kind of weird. Yeah. And then she like within her little like under the breath comments, she says, I wish they had a make and model like that in my age group. I say that Um, a lot now when I see (laughs) thirst traps. She also asks where his parents are. She's just being ridiculous. He did not look like a teenager. No. 
No. I think I fully embrace cougar life. Okay. Embrace it. If everyone's on board and you're being safe and you're legal. Sure. Yeah. And he kept saying, she kept saying he wasn't legal. Are the laws different in Jamaica? So I think when she was saying legal, I mean, I think she meant legally to drink in America because if he's 20, he can't drink in America, but in Jamaica, you can. I think we're like one of the only countries that's really strict about the drinking age. Okay. Cause I like legal in my brain was like, can I fuck you legally? (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm like, I, I think it's 18. Like he's, he's past the legal limit. Yeah, no, I think she was referring to drinking. Yeah. So then she eats about two bites of her plate of breakfast and is like, okay, I'm done. And he invites her to a pajama disco that evening. I have to say <clears throat> the only, the not the only, but the thing that really kept me going through this movie was Angela Bassett, her sick bod and all of her fits. Oh, her wardrobe was fantastic. And her pajama game. I was like, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. So we find out pretty quickly that Winston is persistent and he wants to dance with her. And he put the pee in paradise. So there's that. And then the next scene is Stella swimming in the ocean. Again, sick bod. She just, oh man, was that the black bikini? I don't know if you remember. Oh, it's okay. I did. (laughs) (laughs) And Buddy, Jack, and Delilah are on the beach. It is the black bikini. Okay. Yeah. And she she comes out of the ocean and is like drying off. And Buddy's like, can I put some sunblock on you? And she's like, (laughs) such a creeper. (laughs) And then we find out Jack has a really bad stutter. And okay, so I hate that we use speech impediments as like a way to get laughs because it's not mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. But I, I do have to say, I did laugh at this part because I wasn't prepared for it. It, it yeah. threw me off. So and then it was I more of an uncomfortable true. laugh than like, a, like, hey, that was super funny. Sure. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> I was trying to give you an out. I'm I'm admitting that I was wrong. It wasn't nice. And I felt really guilty afterwards and I'm going to do better, but it caught me off guard. I was not. That's all we can ask for. Yeah. Sorry. If anyone has a speech impediment, I do apologize. And I, I don't think it's right that we're using it as a way to get cheap laughs. Agreed. And it's during this conversation that Delilah's like, we're going to go to this really nice restaurant for dinner. And Stella's like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to stay at the hotel. She, I don't think she's fully committed in her mind to going to the pajama disco, but I think she was leaving her options open. Well, so here's my thing. Like I could not imagine, you know, meeting this fine ass guy and keeping that in my head I know Mm -hmm. because like even if I'm ashamed of it or I'm afraid or just like thinking back like I would have definitely told you I could imagine me calling Shayla immediately and saying girl I met a 20 year old I know it's wrong girl but I (laughs) I just couldn't why or like talk 
talk it out. Like, Hey, like talk me into this because I keep talking myself out of it. You know, like, yeah, I need that pep talk, but she is looking at her jammy choices. And, and I'm looking at them as well. And then, and then I wrote, she has very strong Murtaugh vibes. She's too old for this shit. <laughs> Which I'm glad you bring that up because in a later scene, we find out that Danny Glover is just randomly in the movie. <laughs> he just wanted to go to Jamaica, I guess. <laughs> and I didn't realize, I have to go back and watch it. I didn't see it until we were pulling all of the, the factoids for the movie. But there is a scene where she's in the pool and there's like an old man that she's running from. Why are you running from Danny Glover? I would, I would, I would definitely not run from him but yeah that is hilarious so she decides to go she ends up going to the jammy party and his outfit you can tell he's 20 based on his outfit that is such a Jamaican outfit from the 90s let me tell you if you weren't wearing a A mesh tank tank top red mesh top you weren't living your best life okay and I literally was like, what's on these boxers? Are those planets? Are they cookies? Like I, w- I was intently staring way too long trying to figure out what the fuck the pattern was on those boxers. It didn't matter. I know it didn't matter, but in my brain, I could not rest until I identified what was on his boxers. Yeah, Never that, could. That was the most Jamaican <laughs> that he was in this movie and then he had those like leather sandals that cover most of the foot but have the toes cut out let me tell you let (laughs) me tell you uncle pat shout out because that if you were gonna do a jamaican man summer starter kit that's it right there that's right that's it right there baby them them slides them leather slides (laughs) you don't even know Um, why the toesies cut out like it's just like do they need air yeah they gotta breathe baby (laughs) it's like they're almost close to shoes but then like we're just gonna cut a little like crescent moon out it's like party party in the party in the front front. (laughs) business in the back business on the top I don't know why they make it like that it could be there's there's probably a logical reason but I don't know what it is so then they're dancing he's trying to get her to dance she's very uncomfortable at first she has a shawl wrapped around her and finally he's like tie that that shit around your waist and when she does honey she looks amazing not (sighs) surprised but my favorite scene is when this and he's short too. This dude straight and it walks up, not like by her and kind of looks. This dude runs up into her pretty much. Like <laughs> if he could nuzzle himself on her bosom, that's what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And she, and the way that she like turned just to stare at him. I love that because I do that shit all the time. It, <laughs> it's not good enough to just make a surprise face. You've got to turn your entire body around and continue to look at that bitch like he's crazy because you know he's going to look back. Mm-hmm. And I want him to see that shit wasn't okay. <laughs> that that part was hilarious. 
I don't know why Stella was pretending that she wasn't a bad bitch. The whole movie. Mm. It, it was oddly like she had very low self-esteem. Yeah. Like through her actions, but like the way she talked about herself and her career and stuff, it, like it didn't match. Like her actions made it seem like she had really low self-esteem, but then like she knew she like had a killer career. Like she had good, like her family, her friends, like, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I I, I can understand that. Like where you feel really secure about certain parts of your life, right? You can feel very secure about your job. There are things that you could kind of put logic and reason to, and you can control them, right? I said she was a control freak. So love is not one of those aspects in your life that you can control in any way. And I think she probably tried and didn't work out. And then she was hurt and it doesn't make sense to her. It's not something she could put a formula to. And so she struggles with it because she can't control it. So I can see her putting off like this vibe where don't fuck with me, don't talk to me. And usually it works like people leave her alone I think but Winston is not having that so she's like having a hard time because that inner conflict it. right right yeah and if you were hoping to see a, a little bit more body yaddy yaddy from Angela Bassett <laughs> you're not gonna get it in this movie she said she knew what that's about and it's always a girl who takes her clothes off where the objects, it's just not necessary for this movie. So, but we do get some random background titties. It was a lot. So a lot. During this like party they're having, um, everyone just at, the, <laughs> I don't know if the clock struck midnight and then <laughs> the clothes just disintegrated. This was just like, <laughs> it's time to take them titties out, bitches. Like, all the clothes came off. Everybody was getting naked. But what I noticed in the scene is that all the girls were taking their tops off, but mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of guys except for Buddy. So Buddy. Buddy, who we talked about earlier, came into the scene and he still thinks he has a chance with Stella, question mark. And he- Even though she's actively dancing and holding hands with Winston. <laughs> So Buddy decides to pull a magic mic situation and start stripping. Not now, right. <laughs> not, it's not to body shame Buddy, but I didn't ask for that. And he went down to the Speedos and hit, you know what? It was a thong, like not even a Speedo. <laughs> his whole ass was out. I do have to give props to his friend Jack because he was a supportive friend. He oh, he was, he, he was like, yeah, get it, buddy. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only other thing of mention in the scene is the MC has a very nineties amount of body glitter on <laughs> and I was here for it. In this scene, I, I do love that Stella just kind of lets go and she's just having mm-hmm. the time of her life, but her, her friend is not having it because now she realized that Stella has lied to and that she had planned coming out with her lover boy this whole time. And later on in the next scene, we see Stella back at her hotel room and Delilah comes and checks her about it. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, not in a bad way. They're not fighting. And then they have a little sleepover. What would I do with a 20-year-old kid? And Delilah goes, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Without question. Without question. So the next day is the day at the pool, like we were talking about, a little cameo from Danny Glover. Winston's at the bar. The way she asks, would you like to be intimate with me? I like a woman who gets straight to the point. Uh, it just felt stiff and weird. <laughs> I I don't know if she thought it through. I don't know if she thought, okay, so again, reality in her brain is that this young guy can't be interested in her. Mm-hmm. So I think if she, in her mind, she thought if she just said that, he would be like, he'd back off. And I think she was just like, as Delilah said, fuck him. She went for it. And mm-hmm. then she was very taken aback when he said, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so they have a little sunset picnic. I think it's her hotel room. Yes. Okay, so um, I, I do want to talk about this. I mentioned this in one of our other episodes. I don't recall. But this is what always confuses me because when I watch love scenes in black movies it's usually very slow and sensuous in white movies it's always a fire drill situation and then there's this gasping for air (sighs) like I don't understand why this is happening can you can you teach me or tell me maybe why because I don't get it I don't understand La passion. No, they're having the passion, passion, but it's not like they're going to have an asthma attack. And that (laughs) happens a lot. Not all white movies, I will say. Not all, but a lot. I don't have an answer for you. (laughs) But am I crazy? Like, do you notice that? Or is that just something I... I don't notice, but I also have a bias going into the movies. I guess I, I'm trying to like, well, I've seen so many like in my brain, that's just normal, you know? And I, as we're coming to find out, I have not been exposed to as many black movies as I probably should have. So <laughs> I will be uh, paying attention to all the makeout scenes and looking for differences. <laughs> this I promise you. <laughs> okay. I, I just want to, I just want to know. Because I think growing up, I did have like a a good baseline for both. Mm -hmm. But I think for most people, not not for most Black people, but for most people, a lot of things, the basis ends up being like what's popular. And that's usually like white movies. And so I just went in thinking that the first time I was going to have a makeout session or something, it was going to be a lot of heaving. There was going to be a lot of noise making because of the movies. And I, I that's fair. And I, I just, I don't know why this happens. Like, are we, are we all diagnosed with asthma for like a few minutes in these movies? Like why? Okay. Well, isn't this it, is the hill I'm going to die on, but it isn't, isn't like one of the principles of Tantra breathing in each other's breath. Yeah, but not, not, okay. That's not how it happens, but it's. <laughs> But it, 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 don't breathe on me, Danielle. I don't mean it like that. It's COVID time. It's COVID time. But I just, it's usually like they're rushing to get mm-hmm. to the 
to coitus, I guess. <laughs> but it doesn't usually I mean, and that happens in black movies too. Like I've seen booty call where they're all trying to like get through it really quickly, but it's a lot of heaving in the white movies. I <laughs> promise. Now that I've said said this again, you will watch and you will see it. You will see it. <laughs> so they're at a sunset picnic. <laughs> And they're, they're making out and then she's very hot. So she's like lifting her hair up and like trying to fan herself. I could see what he was going for here. This is, this is immature man. Lack of experience. experience. So he's like, oh, ice cubes are sexy. I'm going to trail it down her back. And so he puts an ice cube flat against her back and she screams and then he's just like, hangs his head. Fuck, I ruined the mood. And he flicks her with water too. Like, dude, I feel like maybe if he had told her to lay on her stomach and mm-hmm. then said, hold on, I have some ice. Just relax. I'm going to cool you yeah. off. That puts, it's communication. Yeah. Like, don't take her by surprise with an ice cube to the back. She doesn't know what's coming. <laughs> So he's, he's upset with himself. He goes to, he excuses himself to the restroom to collect his thoughts. And what she does next is unexplainable. <laughs> she makes a fake person under the sheets out of the blankies and then hides. So he comes back out and sees this body in the bed. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like throwing clothes off. And then she like, jumps out at him from behind the door and jumps on his back. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't work because they bone right after, but (laughs) really weird approach. She was trying to be playful and young because I think she felt bad for giving him such a hard time for the ice situation. But yes, it was weird. It was weird. But you know, that's how some people get their kicks, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. So after the boning, they're kind of just laying in bed and talking. Winston talks about how he wants to be a doctor. She talks about how her real passion in life is to design and make furniture. But ever since going to college and starting a career, she really hasn't done any of that. And so he asked her, do you make furniture anymore? She says, no, I make money instead. And the whole reason he's at that resort is his friend is trying to get him a job. And so he comes to her all excited the next day. Like I was hired as like a line cook in the restaurant, but I, they kind of need me to start today because someone got fired and I'm going to be working a lot of hours to start and her switch flips. And she's like, oh, well, I guess this is goodbye then. Like, she's just like, because yet again, her trauma is coming out, her negative belief system, I guess, I don't even know if that's the right term for it, but it's her insecurities. Mm-hmm. So she let loose, she gave in, and then she thought, okay, he really likes me. But now she's like thinking, oh, he just wanted to, to get laid. And mm-hmm. now he's lying to me because she's got issues. So she's projecting those issues instead of getting confirmation or talking to him about it. Right. So I think that's where it comes from. And again, she's not going to jump into anything wholeheartedly. She's always kind of dipping her toe in and, and slowly going back and forth. So she's like, I'm out of here. 
And so her and Delilah go for a drive and they're just kind of sitting there talking, which is my, scene. which is your scene. Is this when she talks about how like she has to start taking her vitamins and stuff? Was that an earlier scene? I, I don't remember, but I, I, she, I don't know if this is also the time that she says she's been tired. Yeah. Like sh- she hasn't been sleeping well. I, I don't know if that was, I think that was when they were in their room. So Delilah is saying that she's just been trying everything, ginseng, all that stuff, because she's been feeling really tired. Yeah. Um, and then Stella asks her when the last time she went for a physical and she said over a year ago. So we're starting to get little seeds that yeah that there might be something bigger going on yeah but they have this really heartwarming scene and Delilah kind of calls her out and is like you think you got played that's why you're upset and and Stella's like yes and then Delilah says was it good and Stella (laughs) says better than good (laughs) I think the other like if there something else that we could put on the movie's poster besides 90 day fiance warning digmatized may have <laughs> you may be digmatized <laughs> essentially throughout this movie when they fight when anything happens they always come back together through sex yes a hundred percent stella is digmatized yes and so delilah encourages her to call him back he's been leaving messages at the hotel and she has the phone number of his restaurant question mark I don't even know how she got that yeah I don't know either maybe she knew the friend that he knew I I, maybe I don't know so she gets back to the hotel and she tries calling him at work and the manager it's a kitchen in a restaurant like it's always chaotic And so the guy answers and he's like, he's not here. Like he he has no time to like deal with explanations, look up a schedule, whatever. He's just like, he's not here. So she hangs up and she crumbles up the phone number and like leaves it on the counter. And then the next scene, she's back in San Francisco. So like they had this amazing night together. They talked about like what they are passionate about. And now she's back home. And I feel like this is where the movie could have taken a different turn, where this relationship was just a nice, good jump start back into the mm-hmm. dating world. And she could have found like another guy. I would have liked, like, up until this point, I was like, oh, this might be on heavy <laughs> rotation. Like, if the whole movie had just been set in Jamaica and like her on vacation, enjoying herself, the levity that would have brought, like it would have been one of those movies that like, oh, it's a rainy Sunday. Let me just throw on how Stella got her groove back. Right. But it it, it is not heavy. that. It, it did. <laughs> but that's Terry McMillan though. That, yeah. I mean, like, honestly, if you, ooh, most of her books are layered with yeah lots of complex relationships (laughs) so the interesting part is she pulls up her sister Angela is sitting in a lawn chair in her front lawn waiting for her to get home she's already heard about her because Vanessa can't Can't keep a secret with worth shit 
Vanessa has borrowed Stella's car and like gotten into an accident with it. She needs to borrow 300 bucks. Like it is chaos. As soon as Stella gets back, mm-hmm. she's still trying to process what the fuck happened in Jamaica. And now she's having to put up with like Angela's bullshit, calling her a cradle robber and shit. Stay in your lane, Angela. Just because you're pregnant is not an excuse to be an asshole. I, yeah, I think her being pregnant has nothing to do with this. This is her raw personality. But it is to be noted that Stella's mother is deceased. Mm-hmm. So I think this also explains the dynamic of the sisters and them very much depending on Stella emotionally, financially, yeah. whatever. And then the next scene is she's back at work. Isaac calls her into the office and tells her that their company has merged with another company and they're only keeping on one person from each position for the companies. He does not call her in. This woman comes back from vacation, goes to her desk, tries to get into files, can't get into shit. Oh, I must have missed that goes part. into her boss's office and said, what's going on? Was there some big change? Whatever. Then this motherfucker's like, oh, by the way. I would have wrecked round that table (laughs) and really taken a shine to his eye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God. But I do like that in this scene, he tells her this shit, says that she's going to get a gold package or some bullshit. Some severance. And then she walks out, but then she swings back around (laughs) and says, you um and i better get a platinum package she she lets him have it essentially i made this company what it is right and how dare you let me go but he's also looking out for himself like it's probably him or her and if it's going to be anyone it's going to be her because which brings back that what i was saying when we first see his character i feel like we get suspect vibes from him and then when he fires her in this way she does call him out for this that you did not try to even protect me you were just trying to protect your ass i i she was 100% right i'm sure so quincy is now back from his dad's winston calls and says like he misses her and he's been thinking a lot about her And she does admit that she's been thinking about him a lot too. And then in a a previous conversation, Quincy had been kind of talking about vacation and stuff. And he mentioned that he'd like to go to Jamaica. So she's like, well, I have been promising Quincy that we would go to Jamaica. Let's go ahead and make it happen, essentially. And Winston gets real hype and he's like, I'm going to need some Oreos and some (laughs) Cocoa Puffs and some ho-hos like he just lists all of this junk food i guess you can't get in the islands yeah and she's just like what what my grandma used and my mom well usually my grandma would go almost every summer at least at least once a year to go back home to jamaica and yeah they would have they would bring a lot of different things from the States. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's infamous. Any Island kid will know that at some point your clothes were taken that you couldn't fit anymore. And then they were put in this huge ass barrel and sent <laughs> to people in your, your home country. Ah, yeah. Interesting. So, and, and they, they also go with Chantal. That's her name. Oh, yeah. That's her sister's daughter. Is it Angela's daughter? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
no, and no, no, no. It's the other sister's daughter. It's Vanessa, Vanessa's daughter. Regina King. Yeah. Is that her name? Vanessa? Yeah. Yeah. It's Vanessa's daughter. Well, I've been calling her Vanessa. I think that's her name. <laughs> no, I- in, in any event, Quincy and Chantal are very close in age. And so they're, they're buddies. And so yeah. Stella brings her with uh, them so that Quincy has someone to kind of hang out with and play with while they're there. They're playing Marco Polo in the pool. And there's Stella and Winston are at the pool bar. She asks for Ting. She asked for a ting, yes. which is a drink in Jamaica. And it, it's not, it's not an alcoholic beverage. It's, it's a soft like drink. A soda. And the bar barmaid, <laughs> she's got hot eyes. I just, I just find it again, very unbelievable that I would see this woman doing this on purpose to like kind of throw her hat in the ring. But for her to really think, because she goes and says that Stella, she's like, oh, is this your mom? Yeah. These are, look so much alike and all this bullshit. But I do like the way that they handle it. For once, mm-hmm. it, Stella does not like retreat and act insecure. They play along with it and then they make out. <laughs> yeah. And then when they get back to Stella's hotel room, she has a note on the door saying that a doctor has called for her. So she calls and he's like, well, you're Delilah's next of kin. And I'm calling to inform you of like our treatment protocol. And she's totally blindsided. She didn't know Stella was in the hospital, like sick, let alone in the hospital, uh, having to have a surgery. Yes. Bitch. I was going to have the, I was going to have the same exact fucking conversation with you. But you always tell me when your surgeries are. So we're good. (laughs) ever pull this shit on me <laughs> that you are sick sick and you don't t- I would be so mad at you I mean I would still try to like make you feel better and everything but I would be so upset Jesus that that part really killed me mm. <sighs> it's crazy mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah I have the same thought even though like we're oversharers, so like we're never gonna like keep something like that a secret I could barely keep Christmas presents a secret I'm not gonna be able to keep that from you I'm like no I want you to worry about me (laughs) (laughs) I need someone who has some sort of medical connection or background to be calling and making decisions for me (laughs) yeah there's there's no way that that scene that I feel like I wish I got more in this movie. Mm-hmm. The, another opportunity I feel like we could have had was more of their friendship. Because mm-hmm. the dynamic between the actresses were it was so was authentic. Yeah. yeah. So it was really, really sad that, you know, she flies out to New York. She gets to the hospital. We're missing a scene between there. Oh, we're, we're, we're missing the scene about Quincy but we can I mean not Quincy we're missing Winston Winston but we can go back to it but when they're in the hospital she's just trying to make Delilah comfortable and they're just reminiscing and talking Mm -hmm. about the good old days in the 70s and the guys that they were with and it just felt really authentic in those conversations and this Mm -hmm. is where you know like a female wrote this yes I mean, I know it's two writers, but it's Terry McMillan who has her hand all up in it. So yeah. it feels like a real breathing friendship from the conversations that they're having. 
Yep. Yeah. So, but prior to her flying home, Winston's like, let's go for a drive. And then he takes her to no, his. It, this has to have happened before this scene happened before she got that note, because there's no way she would have. She went directly to New York after she saw that note. You're right. Uh, it, it's because we get a cut scene of Delilah in the hospital, but yes, and she Stella doesn't know phone. yet. And then, so they're supposed to be going to a restaurant or whatever, and then she realizes mm-hmm. that this man, she's wearing again the mesh. The mesh is back. She's wearing a mesh shirt, and this man has taken her. What is this? Date four? Date five? Mm-hmm. To meet his parents, I would have he died. He does not forewarn her. She shows up still thinking that it's like a restaurant because there's like a fucking equestrian center in the <laughs> front. His parents are rich. Yes. And she's blindsided. His parents know about her, but mama is not happy ah! at all. She's like grilling Stella. So how old are you? And so I was like, I'm 40. And mom's like, I'm 41. What are you doing with a kid? And she's like, he's just a baby. And, and Stella's like, he's not a baby. And she's like, he's my baby. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Jamaican women and their boys. <laughs> and then she says, American women are so desperate. Damn. Damn. Cut me deep, Shrek. And so Stella is very upset and she like keeps her composure around his parents. But afterwards, she's like, that was super immature. You didn't tell me about it. I I wasn't even ready to meet your parents. And all of a sudden, like I'm at their house. Your mom's mad at me. I was humiliated. And then he tells her that she's overreacting. Okay. So yes, yeah, Stella has moments in this movie where you're like, chill out Stella. But that was not one of those moments. That was warranted. I would have, I mean, you have, that's embarrassing. That's yes. embarrassing. Everything you've been like, I am one year younger than your mother. And you've got me coming up here in your house in a mesh shirt with my kids. The mom was rude. First of all, I'm surprised Stella didn't like stab her when she was like, you're the, are you the owner of those teenagers over there? Yeah. I'm like, these kids are like 10. Yeah. Old. Oh yeah. It was and so bad. I'm sorry. You're 41 with a 20 year old. So don't be judging me on my kids. Um, and so when she's kind of arguing with Winston and kind of telling her that was not cool, he said, you didn't think I was such a child last night. Well, no, sir. You did not use sex as a weapon. You did shit. not use sex as a weapon. And it's not about your age at this point. Like, yes, she's very hung up on the age difference, but in this instant, it was his actions that were immature. It had nothing to do with his age per se, but how he treated the situation. Because there are plenty of 20-year-olds who knew, who know not to pull that shit, like you don't do that. So it, it was just a maturity thing. It was not necessarily strictly an age thing. Yeah, I think he got super excited. Yeah. He was just happy to see her again and he gets overzealous at times. 
Daddy does, daddy does. <laughs> so now this is when Stella receives the note on the door. Delilah has cancer. It's stage four. She's going into surgery. It's mastitized to her liver. So Stella gets to New York ASAP. While she's in the hospital, like, like you said, they're listening to music that they love. She's, she's taking care of her, her feet, giving her a little pedicure. Are you going to give me a a feet pedicure? I'll massage your feet. I'll make sure your (laughs) knees and elbows aren't ashy too. I'll make sure you lotion up. Bless. bless. (laughs) That's what's up. Cause you can't have the ash. You can't have it. And so, and at one point, Delilah, she crawls into bed with Delilah and Delilah's like, sing me something. And oh, Stella's not a better, singer. You better sing me a better song than Row, Row, Row Your Boat. <laughs> that was not great. No. I mean, that you was... don't have to be a good singer, but can we get some some variety in the song, please? Oh, well, we'll just sing. I'm going to keep on loving you. That's our that's, song. That's our song. Anyway, so Delilah dies. <laughs> Jackie, Jacqueline, how dare you? I'm telling you, this is not, this is why I'm not a Hufflepuff. (laughs) I mean, I know she dies, but can we just ease in our listeners? Jesus. (laughs) You knew it was coming from the time she said, I've been taking my ginkgo balboba or whatever that shit is. I was like, oh. This does not bode well for Delilah. <laughs> for you listeners who needed a little bit more, less of a complete band-aid rip with the skin on. Yes, unfortunately, the timely demise of Delilah's character happens in this scene. And it's very sad. That's it is all. very sad. <laughs> I don't think I cried though, but it was sad. I just, I just cried thinking about like, oh my God, I want to die first. <laughs> Don't don't leave me, bitch. <laughs> so I guess Gwen is going to have an opportunity to co-host at some point in time. It's, it's not to we're well into our rocking chairs, okay? So um, they're at her funeral. Uh, Stella gives a eulogy and ends it with "Life is but a dream" because that's from the song she's they sang in the hospital and even this part where winston comes would mm-hmm. have been a great another great ending movie. yeah i think it would have been really nice yeah like oh he's more. there it, all we needed was for him to show up and say i love you and then they like go back to california together Bay that's all we need the, that's all we need but that's, that's uh, well, well maybe like Yes. So this up until they get back to California, that's all I needed. He needed to go to the cookout, meet her family. Everyone loves him. And then boom. If it ended at the cookout. Yeah. We would have been happy. Which I kept calling a barbecue. I'm like, even I know that's not what we call it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll have to say in my family, no, you know, my family being Jamaican, they, they don't call it a cookout. But so she's not Jamaican. I, no, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, in my family, that 
I, it's a colloquialism yeah, based on where you grew up. Yeah. But yes, for American, African-American families, it's definitely a cookout. I saw it. So yes, Winston shows up after the funeral. Um, she, she's very happy to see him. She, And I think that was a turning point where she starts to really understand how much he, he cares for her yeah. and that he's willing to come all that way, not know anyone and just show up to be there for her. And now Quincy, because him and Quincy get along pretty well. Yeah, because yeah, Quincy's an older brother now. Yeah. And so he's telling her that he loves her and she's still not a hundred percent hearing him. And that could have been part of the grieving process. And then the, like, the like, no, you can't love me. These were all red flags, baby girl, all red flags. <sighs> it's one thing to have like a fling and have fun, but, and, and I know there have been people who say that when they knew, they knew when they met their person, but it is literally, I don't even know how much time has passed. This movie does not really go into how it feels like a week, maybe two, maybe a month now. I, I'm not sure. No, I think she was home for three months before they went back to Jamaica. Okay. Yeah. But even still, they weren't together during this time. Right. And, and now he's like, I love you. That's a lot. My best friend just died. I... I think that was his way of showing like I care and I care that Delilah is no longer here and right. I just want to show you as much love as I possibly can. I feel like any decision that's made after this part is grief love mm-hmm. because I, re- I recall you coming to visit me after my dad died and you saw some grief situation with a person and you I, even in your face you were like the fuck is this? <laughs> And it, that moment of you looking at me, looking at you, looking at him, <laughs> it clicked like, oh, I need. I need. <laughs> so they're checking out of the hotel and Winston's like, what time does our plane land? And she's like, our plane? Like, there is no hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not. And he's like, no, I'm going home with you. I'm postponing med school. Like, this is what I'm doing, essentially. Yeah, these are, I I have so many mixed feelings because yes, I want to feel like this man loves me, but now you're like shacking up in my house, you're traveling with me and you ain't got no job. He has mommy, daddy money. Let's not get that twisted because she brings that up later in the movie and when he tries to pay for like a bill and a fancy dinner. First off, don't argue. If he wants to pay, he fucking wants to pay. He's paying in fucking cash too. It's not like he's racking up credit card debt. Right. And number two, you saw mommy and daddy's house. (laughs) But Jamaica rich money is totally different than rich American money. But like he can pay for a nice meal once in a while. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He, I mean, that whole whole situation. But again, it goes back to her needing to control things. Mm -hmm. So in a weird way, she's very against the fact that he is young but on the other hand the fact that he's young and that she ends up being like the breadwinner and being Mm -hmm. able to control that situation I think it works for her in certain situations And, and, and he calls her out on that but before we get there he comes to the house he sees the house he's you know Quincy's excited to show him everywhere and well even prior to that that they go when they land back in San Francisco, they go and drop Chantal off. 
and then there's the cookout which was not relayed to Stella that there would be a cookout they thought they were just dropping Chantal off and like heading home and Chantal's like no 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 when the whole family came out to the car (laughs) I was like this feels about right (laughs) Um, I love that her ex-husband is there so Richard Weber from Grey's Anatomy is there but what we learned is that he lives somewhere where you have to fly a, a plane to get there. So mm-hmm. why? It was planned. Maybe Vanessa I- had plans. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she needed $300. She needed to fly the ex-husband out. Who knows why though? Because like he wasn't there for Stella. Was he there for Quincy? Was he still close with the family? I, I, that, I had a lot of questions. <laughs> I but guess I the remaining unanswered. But I was happy to see Richard Weber on my screen with hair. He tries to give Winston, Winston advice. advice. And Winston looks at him and goes, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> like, not great. Not great. <laughs> so Winston is meeting the entire family. Angela's still on her fucking high horse about this relationship. None of your goddamn business, Angela. <laughs> and then... um. Vanessa comes out of nowhere. She's like, shut the fuck up, Angela. I'm like, yes, that's how you do that. And they're playing, by the way, they're playing spades. I wrote spades, question mark. You could tell the way that the teams they, are broken out. And then and they put the spade on the forehead. Is that yeah. not a thing? That's a thing, right? Some people do it. I, I don't know. Okay. necessarily it's not like everyone does it but if you're playing maybe your last hand or something everyone puts mm-hmm. it up it's I think you can do that but I don't normally do that so and this is her comfort space right this is her family right. this is what they do there's games going on people talking dancing like it's just where she feels comfortable so she and Winston are dancing and then she lets him know that she loves him too yeah, by accident. Yeah, it's it's a fun time. I think the family did it because they knew that she was just going to be really sad from yeah. the funeral. Yeah, um, just I'm support su- her. I'm surprised her sisters weren't at the funeral, but yeah. And then it's like in the, the next few scenes, you see them all adjusting to living together. Winston living with Quincy and Stella. And it's very fun and happy like he's cooking and then they go to the movies and you start to progressively see how Stella's kind of reacting to the situation Mm -hmm. and when they go to the movie theater they're waiting in line oh remember those days when a big movie would come out we'd have to wait in line so they're waiting in line and then there's a gaggle of hoochie mamas that walk by and Winston does stare he does take a gander and they're like giggling kikiing and they go to see some comedy movie and you see there's like a disconnect with Stella looking at this very immature movie and saying, what yeah. the fuck is this? In my brain, it's like, oh, it's some sort of like Wayne's Brothers. And then when they come out, they're laughing. It seems like maybe the movie took a turn. I don't know. She embraced it. And then they run into Angela and her white husband. We haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Did we see him at the cookout? Mm-mm. Yeah. Or if we did, we didn't know it was her husband. Yes, like he must have been in the background. And I only make reference to this because this definitely falls into her Sadiddy character. And I'm not even going to go into the nuances of that. But anywho, um, so 
she is also joined her and her husband are joined by another couple it seems like a young beautiful woman and then judge that we were talking about earlier in the movie who's played by carl lumley i I think i'm saying his name wrong and he's like obviously on a double date with angela and her husband and he's still like hey the running offer still stands trying to hit it up like with Stella if you saw Angela would you not take your chance I mean you know (laughs) it was kind of rude but it's rude to the girl he's with but Winston says yes we'd love to go running yeah he's he's right there that wingman right there and then Angela says something or like just kind of dismissively is like oh this is my sister Stella I was telling you all about and this is Winston like she just is very dismissive and Angela calls her, or Stella calls her out on it. And it's kind of like, she doesn't this is who I'm, out. she rolls up to her house and says, yes, look, bitch, this is who I'm with. You need to respect it. You're not going to be dismissive of him. Like, this is my relationship and he's not going anywhere. And then Angela does the thing that I hate where people say, sorry, but they're not sorry. She's like, genuine. no, she's like, I didn't mean to be rude. Bitch, you know exactly what you were doing in that moment. Like as the conversation progressed, yes, she seemed more genuine. Yeah. But in that instance, I was like, don't even say shit like that. Like, I know you don't mean it. Just don't even say it. Like, just be like, yeah, I said what I said. Or like, you know. But for her to just be like, oh, I didn't mean to come across as rude. You know what you did, man. And then we, at at some point, I don't know if I'm going in order, but at some point they, Winston and her, I think this is when they go to dinner. Yes. They go to dinner to the fancy restaurant and he's going to pay for it while, but she's in the bathroom. And when he looks at the bill, he is quite taken back by Mm -hmm. how much it costs. And so it seems like they're having some communication issues. Like right. they haven't said how they've been feeling and she's annoyed with him because it almost feels like she has two kids in her house now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they're always playing video games and right. like shooting hoops and stuff. And then he's having feelings because she's a control freak a little bit mm-hmm. and um, just not letting him even just pay the bill. So they're just, they're having a lot of conflict and they say some things that are very nice to each other and he I love I love that the movies he rented were booty calling the lion king (laughs) that sounds like a good time I'm like I'm not mad at it and I am almost 40 so I don't know what Stella's (laughs) movie repertoire looks like Jackie when (laughs) this movie came out she was 40 and that would have been movies we would have liked when we were in high school but we still like them now. Daniel. Yeah, that's fine. But that's because we're reminiscing. But if we were grown ass adults at that time, I'm not sure if The Lion King would have been what I wanted to watch with my boot thing. I guess. I, I mean, guess. Booty Call is still an enjoyable movie. It but is. Anyway. It's quality. I always look at Saran Wrap <laughs> with a side eye. <laughs> Dental Dan! <laughs> Listy. <laughs> one day he he does call her out and he's like I feel like you're well-kept secret uh I can't change my age and you have to control everything all the time and 
like you don't let me take care of you essentially right and then he comes back he's like and if you if they don't make you feel better you can leave the tip I was like oh sick burn <laughs> that's because that bitch ain't had the tip buddy you know they go home they're in bed kind of like backs to one another and, and he she feeds he concedes in yeah right. yeah and he he's like I want to show you something and leads her to her old workshop where she like has her like furniture drawings and yeah. all of her tools and everything he's cleaned it up because when Quincy first showed it to him it was a mess and obviously like she hadn't been in there in a really long time so he cleaned it up fixed it up made it a working space again yeah. the next day Isaac's saying please come back we need you. We're willing to offer you $275,000 a year. I did an inflation, inflation calculator numbers. and that is $470,000 a year. Not bad. Not bad. She declines. She said, fuck you. I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to essentially start my own business, which I mean, from what, what it sounds like she essentially made this business what it was and so I think that was her mindset of like if I could do it once I could do it again but then she starts kind of questioning herself like what the fuck did I do I mean it's very scary to start a new venture especially when you're 40 (laughs) we know something about that (laughs) so and and he's pretty reassuring Winston's like it's gonna be fine like you'll figure it out she's gonna be good he knows that there's nothing to worry about and but he knows that she kind of has to feel the doubt too at the same time and then he says people will buy your furniture (laughs) (laughs) and Um, then this is when he slides her the ring box and she's like my heart wants to say yes but I need a little bit of time to think about it and he's like okay he's fine with it then but Mm -hmm. fast forward a few weeks and he He said 10 days (laughs) they go to I don't know if it's I think it's a it school event. school. Yeah. And he's about to lose his shit. He does lose his shit. And then Quincy tries to square up and say, don't talk to my mama that way. And so he <laughs> tells Quincy, get the hell out of here. And and then she said, don't talk he to says, my son this way. And he says, jump back, boy. <laughs> <laughs> In that horrible Jamaican accent. Mine's just, just as good as his, head. right? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, she says, don't speak to my son that way. Winston does immediately apologize to Quincy. Um, And Quincy is quick to forgive him. Like he knows that Winston means well. He just was. (laughs) And later that evening, they're getting ready for bed. They're in the bathroom. Winston is showering. And this scene, the whole thing that we talked about, that Angela is like, is not going to get naked for the male gaze mm-hmm. very much plays out in this movie and I was like why are we ruining a good ass pajama set today <laughs> but okay All yes right. so she she realizes his concerns are valid because right. it had been like almost two weeks that had gone by she hadn't given him an answer and so the way she apologizes get that (laughs) some sweet sweet loving and so she gets into the shower with him fully clothed can have the same question not that like he was like oh I want to see her get naked but he's like what why is she going in with all her clothes on (laughs) I give him that but we get extensive Tay Diggs booty not mad at it is delicious 
It's yes. very, it's giving me, is that my table to eat off of kind of vibes? <laughs> it's very beautiful. And bounce a quarter off of? Bounce Ooh. a goddamn piggy bank off that shit. It's- it is chef's kiss and so then they bone scene i do have to say was a little bit awkward for me her face makes like she makes a it was i i think like i was confused about what i think i think the i think where we were were like it they both knew it had some finality to it and that it was more of like saying goodbye Okay, because yeah, because he was kind of like, he wasn't even looking at her. He was kind of turned. He was, was thinking about like next steps. And then she was just sitting on it for a long time. I, I, I get it now that we're talking yeah. through it, but I was like, this is not fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shower fun rest not so much so the next day Winston's down by the pool in a hammock and he's like we need to talk and he says I thinking about um going back to go be a doctor I want to go back to school I was thinking about what you were saying and I feel like I just add to your frustration and and troubles and I don't want to be that person Right. Um, that you just another person you have to worry about essentially. And he knows that the age difference bothers her, but she is the woman that he wants. And he was hoping to be a husband and have children, but he's really realizing more and more that's not going to pan out. And so he's leaving on a 10 PM flight that night. And he said, it's easier this way. Cause she's like, can't we have a little more time? And he's like, no, like, I just need to go. I need to go home. I need to go to med school and then start my life essentially. And then we get to the airport. We see Winston getting to the airport and he, Mm -hmm. in the crowd, time stops. Everything's quiet, slow motion. And we see that Stella has met him at the airport. I want to- He got stuck in traffic. Like yeah. there's a whole thing about like they're listening to the radio and they're like, oh, the I can't remember the highway names, but essentially the highway he was on was like bumper to bumper traffic. He keeps checking his watch because he knows he's going to be late to get to his fight. And then they they say like whatever alternative route is clear. Right. So which she is the reasoning be. why she was able to get to the airport before him. She's standing on the stairs in her little red trench coat Love a red trench coat and you know there's a few ladies i know out there who wear a trench coat to pick up their husbands from the airport and they wear nothing else in it you i can't risk you that you know who I you are <laughs> it's not me and so he sees her he goes they kiss she asks him, have you ever considered Stanford? Another clue that they're in California, Danielle. Well, and I then giving up, figure out what, how they were. <laughs> I said, oh, Stanford's then, a good school. <laughs> and then she says, yes, she will marry him. And that lady and gentlemen is 90 day fiance. <laughs> AKA how Stella got her group back. <laughs> 
Let's get into some of the factoids we missed. Okay. Kevin Rodney Sullivan, who was a child actor first appearing on Sesame Street and in other commercials, stepped behind the camera for the first time to direct Stella. The movie was so well done, you never know that this was his first go around. And he went on to direct other hit movies like Barbershop 2 in 2004. And guess who with Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher in 2005. Did not know that. Did not know that. As I said before, Terry McMillan and her ex-husband, Jonathan Plummer, it was messy. But in 2007, Terry McMillan sued her ex-husband, Jonathan Plummer, and his lawyer for $40 million. Goddamn. Yeah. (laughs) Citing an intentional strategy to embarrass and humiliate her during the divorce proceedings. McMillan eventually won a judgment of intentional infliction of emotional distress, but had withdrawn the suit before the case went to trial. And Plummer was never ordered to pay the intended amount. On September 27, 2010, the two sat down together with Oprah Winfrey on her show to discuss their post-divorce relationship and partial reconciliation and both acknowledged that he fulfilled the role of boyfriend and husband before his coming out, although McMillan stated that he's not my BFF. Let me tell you, go look for those archives on the Oprah Winfrey show because that interview, messy, but tantalizing. Very- All right, Jackie, present day ratings for how Stella got her groove back. I'm telling you, if it had stayed in Jamaica the first trip, it would have been like a would buy, would buy it again. <laughs> However, that is not the case. And it got very messy. And Tay Diggs' accent never got any better. Nope. Uh, so I'm going to give it a two-day rental. Same girl, same. I couldn't. I couldn't. I love the premise. And I think for the time to- at the time that this movie came out, it was so important because so many women especially black women were finding their footing in their careers and this movie made you feel like okay we can have it all kind of situation and Mm -hmm. it's a flip on the age-old situation of a may-december relationship but that's it that's that's I, i i tried real hard please don't come for me lose my address But if you have any hot takes yourself about this movie or you disagree or agree with anything that we have to say, you can hit us up at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, or YouTube. Or you can call into our quick drop. Leave us a voicemail at 909-601-6653, 909-601-NMLF. You can also leave a voice message on anchor.fm. And just give us your feedback, suggest future movies. We've been planning the rest of 2022 and sometimes we get stumped. So if there's something you really want to hear us talk about, let us know. You can also leave us your favorite blockbuster or video store stories, favorite moments from the podcast, and you can be featured on a future episode. And if you think more people should listen to this show, you should leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, like this one from David South Florida, which is AKA, I found out who it was, Jackie. Who? It's my friend, David. It's Maru's husband. Oh! I was, 
So Jackie was very excited when she saw this review because it's titled Remolistening at its finest. We love did, the word, David. Did, did you ask him if we can steal that word? I didn't. I just figured we'd steal it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Sorry um, about it, David. This podcast is its own delightful genre. I call it Remolistening, NMLF no more late fees, brings you back to the good old days, walking the blockbuster aisles on any given weekend. Danielle and Jackie will have you laughing out loud while reminding you that things aren't always as you remember way back when. P.S. Thank you for giving me McLight. (laughs) I will never live McLight down. If you don't know what we're referring to, go back into the archives and go listen to our Woo episode to get that reference. My brain malfunctioned and McLight was born. You're welcome, David. I'm happy to give you McLight. And it won't be the it won't be the last time I fuck up. So I'm sure I'll give you lots more chuckles. So stay tuned for next week as we sink our teeth into Blade, our last movie so of fucking excited. <laughs> our last movie of our Black History Month celebration. And as always, be kind and rewind.